Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast, episode 62. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. I'm Josh. Why does 62 feel like a special number? Uh, there's probably some trivial trivia thing, movie 62. trivia thing related to that. I don't know. It's fine. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Let's help the podcast and go research this. Is that like some astrology thing? or no, 62? I don't um, think so. We were just chatting before we started rolling here about, so we're screening, uh, what's it called? Barney, Barney Thompson. Thompson. Barney Thompson, which, which, it's funny, it's one of those movies, so the poster... The Legend of Barney Thompson. They, they, they dropped The Legend of, but I on, think in the UK, it's a UK movie, so yeah. in the UK I think it's just called Barney Thompson, and in North America I believe it's called The Legend of Barney Thompson. Because in North America, nowadays, it seems they want titles to be like as short as possible, which is so weird, mm-hmm. because you have like movie franchises... Like the Fast and the Furious, where it's down to like Fast Six, Furious it's Seven, F two F. Yeah, and the Grimsby, the Brothers Grimsby with Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. I think in the UK it's just called Grimsby. Grimsby, and like that's weird. It's nice for the marquee. Yeah, yeah. and like Muppets went down to um, Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Treasure Island, to the the second most recent one just being called the Muppets, which makes all so kinds from, like, of confusion. The longest title to the yeah. shortest title. And 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 I think it used to be. Like, I like titles, I like it when they at least put a subtitle on because it seems like they're making an effort. So when it's The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, that kind of thing. But nowadays, especially kids' movies, it's just they just slap a two and a three and a four on My it. big fat Greek wedding two. two. Yeah, like, that's weird. <laughs> but uh, but this film is saying that I bet you in some places they slap subtitles on it because you can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I was okay with it, but... Um, I don't totally remember, but we were talking about In Bruges. Yeah. Aren't there subtitles on certain parts of In Bruges? Maybe. Well, 20 years ago, I worked at a theater, and they were playing. we were playing Train Spotting. Mm. And oh I happened to catch a thing on, on, like, CBC, and they were talking about how the Canadian film prints did not have subtitles. The American ones did. And it was kind of an article about how Canadians are better with accents, which is weird, because down in the States, there's a ton of different accents. Like, a, a, a Texan sounds different than a New Yorker, than a Bostonian. But, yeah, they said that the American weird. film prints had subtitles on Ewan McGregor in Trainspotting. But this is the same. And, and were you saying some people left angry because they couldn't understand? A woman came out and was wondering... If we had, if we were having a sound issue, nah. like a problem with our speakers, because she couldn't understand. It's set to Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bump it's it over. It's set a different language. Yeah. We'll bump it over. Well, I remember, again, uh, aging myself, I remember seeing the Spice Girls being interviewed on like an, <laughs> on an, like an MTV type channel, and the guy was being crazy rude because I, the girls were just talking. I couldn't understand what they were saying. And he was like, he kept on being like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get that. I, oh I'm sorry, God. what did you say? And and they're just speaking with kind of a British accent. Like, they're, they, it wasn't like, it wasn't half as bad as anything in Barney Thompson yeah. or anything. Yeah, were they talking too fast? It's weird. Well, One of the first things that I learned when I started learning Spanish was like, más despacio, por favor. You speak Spanish? Like, yes. Well, I didn't know that. It took two years of Spanish in high school. Um, but it's just that, like, slow oh, yeah. down, please. Yeah. Because... Well, especially when you hear, 
um, and, and maybe English is guilty as well, but I, I know a few people who speak various other languages, and that's the thing, is like, when you get excited about just something. going, just yeah. speeding along, and, and I, I always mention that like a translator, just trying to like, <laughs> try to like keep up with them. How do you sign that? Well, I have, yeah. like, I have a Brazilian friend, and when I've, I heard, only once have I heard her speak with a friend in their native language, mm-hmm. um, but man, they were moving, they were, they were moving right along. It's- and I always think if it, if it would have subtitles on it, it wouldn't, it go, it wouldn't too go fast. Yeah, like, like karaoke <laughs> just cuts off the lyrics. Yeah, it would be like a paragraph, and it would like snap go by, and a paragraph go well, by. Did you know that uh, when Mad Max came out, the original Mad Max, when it was distributed in the states, they dubbed it over? No, because really, the, the Aussie accents were the, the distributor too felt like yeah, no one's gonna understand these Aussie accents. Did Mel? So Mel Gibson is. It was before Mel Gibson was famous, so he's dubbed over by like a guy that sounds like oh, this. Oh wow. Well, and that's funny because the bulk of his career, he spoke he used to as have, an American. Yeah. yeah. He, it's like he lost the Aussie accent by, like, Lethal Weapon 2, I think. Yeah. He still kind of has it in the first Lethal Weapon. I think it's weird. I, I did not know that Margot Ro- Robbie was Australian because I saw her in, in Wolf of Wall Street, um, in that Will Smith movie, in, mm-hmm. in trailers for Suicide Squad. Um, and then I saw her on Colbert like really recently and I was I was like whoa you're not American yeah. like I just didn't know because I've never seen her in in her Australian work TV related but I just found out that Rick in The Walking Dead is super oh, yeah. British yeah super British yeah like like upper class like should be on like Downton Abbey kind of British yeah, yeah. I asked Greg the other day like <laughs> why does he always say this word like this and he was like I don't know probably because he's British so my what? mind blew yeah. up yeah 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 anyway yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. Language is funny in film because, especially what you consider a foreign film, where it's like, well, this is a foreign. Mm. The Oscars differentiate it by saying foreign language film. So, so you could be, um, a, you know, British can't get the foreign film, Canadian can't get the foreign film if it's in English. Yeah, but it can if it's Quebecois. Yeah, or if, like, but it's it's a weird distinction. Like you know, like. Well, Australia is foreign to the States, but you have to be speaking a different language to get this award. Yeah. So if you're like a Guillermo del Toro movie or, you know, what, like, it doesn't count. Like, you've got to be speaking the language. Speaking of weird speaking Oscars of we- stuff. Yes. Mustang. Which is, I've seen, by the way. You saw it? I saw it at the Bytown. You have to watch this movie because you would... Um, well, I'll it, probably it might, sob. It might, dest- <laughs> it might destroy you, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about it except it's for... It's really... It's it's quite good. The it's poster, really and then the other day, when I think coming to see Barney Thompson, saw the trailer for it, and it looks simple, like it's a character piece about a bunch of sisters, mm-hmm. yeah. but but it looked like enthralling. There's, enthralling in its simplicity. Yeah, like, there's it's, comparisons to... Uh, the Virgin, Virgin Suicides. Suicides yeah. But ah, like, yes. sounds like a one-up from that. But The Virgin Suicides was all from the boys' point of view. Yeah. This is all from the girls' point of view, and it's these girls in uh, Turkey. Yeah. They live in this really small village where it's like they're living in, like, the Stone Age. Like, they, they're young girls. They want to, you know, be free and have fun, but they live with their uncle. And their grandmother? Their creepy uncle and their grandmother and their aunt. Are they? Is it? And their uncle is like, you're gonna wear these frumpy brown dresses. Right, right, right. You're gonna learn how to cook. You're gonna get married once you're fourteen. Is it present day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's like they're just losing their freedom, literally. And what? And what? It's like 
12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, they're like, all real. I think, like, the oldest is, like, 18 or something. Right. Man, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it looks really good. And, mm-hmm. and I think it was up for Best Foreign Language Film, speaking of that. And it's France. So... It's like a France, France. What? a France, <laughs> but Turkish co-production. Yeah. So that counts and as a French movie. One of the producers movie? was from France, or something like mm-hmm. that, right. or like co-written by somebody who is from France. It's so confusing anyway. nowadays because, like, I was Andrew had to help me because YouTube was confusing me, but I had some spare time on my hands, so I was I was adding a movie to our calendar, mm. and I couldn't figure out how to get the YouTube on there, and I'm like yelling at <laughs> like I. I cut and pasted the link. Why? Why? But most movies nowadays are like that, where our our little cut and paste thing, like we we put in, it's from Canada, from America. But movies nowadays are like, it's a France, New Zealand, Turkey co-production. You just pick one country. You pick one. You're like, well... shorten it down to two letters. Yeah. (laughs) Or just United Kingdom, if it's... Yeah, that's everybody. But same thing. uh, Asia. Asia, yeah. (laughs) Barney Thompson was a Canadian-Scottish co-production. And it's always interesting to see how the tax break... We've been showing a lot of Canadian... Canadian, yeah. 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 Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn was... Room. Can- yeah. The Witch. Was Room shot in Canada? Or The Witch was shot I in Canada? I think it was. Yeah. They were both shot... Room is set in, like, Oregon, though. But yeah. It, but it, it was shot in Toronto. Yeah. They, they, it was, like, kind of that, like, nondescript small town kind of thing. But, yeah, so in, in um, Barney Thompson, all the post-production work looked like it was done in Canada. So they, they probably shot... And crewed and acted with Scottish, so got those tax breaks over there, and then somehow got some kind of Canadian thing and said, "Okay, we'll give you this, but then you have to have your editor score or whatever all done by Canadians." And that's kind of like the circle of life, where it's it's cool because some people get angry about that, like, "Oh, my tax dollars go into a Scottish movie," but you're like, "Yeah, but then that employed all those people," mm-hmm. and. You know, it sounds dumb, but then then they paid their rent with that and bought groceries and did whatever and stayed in Canada. But it, there's interesting... And uh, Turbo Kid was a Canadian-New Zealand co-production. Yeah. And I was chatting with those guys because the, the filmmakers came to introduce the film. And they were like, yeah, we filmed and and did everything in, in Quebec. And then the three of us, there was like three co-director producers, went to New Zealand for like... A couple months. And got actors and stuff from there? No, did all of the um, effects and editing over oh. there. So, so they just found like a shack somewhere? Or, so, or? so New Zealand said, hey, international filmmakers, fill out this. Um, it's a grant for this much money. And I think it's based, and I'm just making up numbers, but they're like, you spend... Win a Lord of the Rings editing session. Yeah, like, like you spend $100,000 and we'll give you $100,000 in local tax breaks. So... You, you're spending money, but then we give you tax breaks and you employ a bunch of New Zealanders and da-da-da-da. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. But it, it's it's really making it... Yeah, like you watch Brooklyn and you're like... Like, I think Brooklyn won a bunch of Canadian awards. Yeah, Canadian be- Screen Awards they're called now. Yeah. It used to be called the Genies. Now oh, did they officially change it I now? think it's the Canadian Screen Awards Weird. now. Weird. Well, that, that makes it easier to remember because I would always... I admit I would always get mixed up of Genie and Gemini. Genie, Gemini, Gemini Gino. is television. Television, yeah. yeah. We're talking about award shows that nobody watches. No, yeah. Hey, I worked the Gemini's a couple years ago. and uh, At the War Museum? Uh, at the Aviation Museum. Okay. Dave Foley was hosting. I was there. What? <laughs> That's the year that I was there. What were you doing? I, I, didn't I was there with Empire, getting drunk. Really? They just <laughs> let Empire go and get drunk? <laughs> cool. They were like, this is happening in Ottawa, so we're going to buy you guys tickets. Wow. It was like a group package or something. Yeah, So yeah. I met Dave Foley that day. Yeah. But 
I was I was way up in the air doing follow spot. Very just basically like someone would come out. I would oh, follow spot, follow spot. Everything back. looked so cool. It was really a neat like, venue because like they. They basically, I, I witnessed it. They they drove a bunch of the airplanes outside. What? Like, I didn't usually, realize. Yeah. yeah. So where you were sitting, where the, the actors were accepting their awards, would usually be airplanes. Yeah. So I got to witness it. And it's it's really cool. Basically, they, they attach it to a truck and just kind of dolly it outside. And they did that for like six planes. And then we built a little stage and did the cool. thing. And uh, then they would put all the chairs out for the, but it was a weird place to do an award show because it's like, there's like, you know, airplanes. And the awards were there. Yeah. And then the party afterwards was at the war museum with all the tanks and stuff. It was really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's a nice facility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but like, it is strange. Like awkward place. Why not at the, N- I know they did it at the NAC one year. Well, I think it, in the exact same way that we host weddings and daycares and, yeah. and, and Q and a sessions for a company. Uh, sadly, museums now, I don't think, get the tax breaks they once did or don't get the help they once did. So they have weddings and award shows and stuff like that. They have, like, that. nice light setups and stuff like that, too. So it makes sense, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, uh, and because the Aviation Museum is cool, but it's in the middle of nowhere. So I, I just imagine all these people in, like, fancy dresses and high heels, like, like, like where do we go in, now? In, in <laughs> like blue line. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like That's cool. Yeah, but, yeah, so I was there. I was for that. Cool. But yeah, it, cool. it's a weird... So, uh, so speaking of Canada, this is funny. So so we have three three new movies this Friday. One is Mustang. The other one is Eddie the Eagle, which is a British production, but I think actually shot in Canada. Because it's set at the Calgary Olympics, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I would... I could be wrong, but I would assume they would make use of the the wasteland graveyard that, Some is, portion up. that yeah. is left behind after a city does the Olympics. Um because you know they 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 build these giant luge runs and giant ski runs, and then that's not. We don't a, get to use them to debug yeah, an after. Come on, like <laughs> I would like, you know, a hockey rink. You think okay, well somebody keeps using that. A baseball diamond, somebody keeps using that. But I don't think there's a big market for luge. So <laughs> you know, but um, I'm old enough to remember this. I was a kid, but I remember the phenomenon that was Eddie the Eagle. And I don't think you can spoiler this, but basically he was an, an, Olympi- an untrained Olympian whose dream was to be a ski jumper from the UK. And basically everybody was just edge of their seat hoping he wasn't going to die. Like, that was it. And So he had no idea what he was doing? Well, he, he trained, and I think we'll see that in the film. So he trained and he, he practiced as much as he could, but the UK doesn't have the facilities that, say, Canada or the States or... France or Sweden has. So it's like Cool Runnings. It's exactly like Cool Runnings. With skiing. Yeah. And, I th- and Cool Runnings was a true story too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. God, was that the same Olympics? That's crazy. Oh my God. Uh, it might have. I think it was. Oh my God. What Whoa. a year. What if, what if the Cool Running guys show up in. That'd be, uh, that'd be the best day. If, if the Eddie the Eagle filmmakers have any bit of. Come by. Yeah. To see oh. if there's a special cameo. Man, I think that was the same Olympics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this movie has uh, Hugh Jackman as the coach. And... With a lot less facial hair than usual, I think. Yeah. And then the, the, the kid in it, the younger guy, is he was in Kingsman. I don't have his name because there's three different actors that play Eddie. Oh. In the, in the, oh, the right. the course of the movie. Young, medium. Yeah. 
big Taron Taron Edgerton. Taron Edgerton. So he, if you guys saw, we had it. If you guys saw Kingsman, the series. he was in Legend too with Tom Hardy. Oh, I, see, I missed that. Oh, one. yeah. So he, the, he's kind of hitting his stride now. Like like Legend and and uh, Kingsman were his big breakthroughs, and this is a a much kind of lighter movie from these guys because this same producer team are the guys who did. Uh, uh, Kingsman and Kick-Ass and a couple of the X-Men films. So this is a much more kind of like family-friendly story from the, those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's PG too, so... Like... Yeah. And and uh, and I think it's going to be exactly what you think it's going to be. It's going to be like a heartwarming, feel-good... And, and I'm not a sports guy at all, but there's something about a sports movie where... Oh where yeah, like like we, we screened um, Creed. And you're like, well, he's going to win or he's going to lose. You know, it's kind of 50-50 with boxing movies. But, but uh, yeah, so this one looks really good, too. And uh, and uh, he is on the short list to play Han Solo in the new Han Solo film. Oh, that's right. Supposedly it's down to, like, him and the dude from uh, Hail Caesar. Yeah, the, the cowboy from Hail Caesar. I think he would look good as Han Solo, I think. But, um, and then, yeah, and speaking of, it's funny. So tonight, after we record this podcast, uh, we have Force Awakens for the last night. Yeah. And there's been a lot of, still a lot of people, and, and I, I keep on it's thinking... It's been bananas all week, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, it did better than we thought. Like, yeah. We thought we would have a, a, a dead week, or a dead weekend. Yeah, and we were kind of... Because traditionally, Easter weekend yeah. is... Yeah, it's slow. Dead, and then comes back to life at the end. Yeah. Just like... Just <laughs> <laughs> like a guy. Is that inappropriate? That's why we should... No, I don't know. Anyway. Is it, no, we're going to get in trouble We can now. pretend I didn't make that joke. <laughs> um... But yeah, it, it's very interesting that I feel like I talk about it too much, but but some folks still don't know about the whole Disney vaults thing. Oh man! And and the irony is it irony that it went from Lucasfilm to Disney, the only two companies who have a vault. Sad reality. <laughs> yeah, and and like I was saying, like I was I was talking to somebody about it as they left Force Awakens. They were like, "Oh, you guys should show the other Star Wars films." I'm like, "We should show the other Star Wars films," but and I was like, "I." It's very strange because, you know, you look at, we screened, um, you know, uh, Batman and Superman, like the old films, the, the Chris Reed. Not Mike the King, new one. Not the new one. We screened the two separate films from Warner Brothers. No problem. We screen the James Bond films from MGM. No problem. We screen old Hitchcock films and The Shining and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, we have uh, uh, Never Ending Story coming up. So all these different studios are okay with letting out their old films, but not Disney. And... So once Force Awakens goes away now... I wonder now, what the logic is. Like, does it really drive their profits up that much I know when I, they bring things out of the vault? I would love an interview about it where they, they discussed it because uh, it, it might have made more sense in the days of VHS, but now, like, their business model after this is, is a bunch of nerds will buy Star Wars on Blu-ray. Yeah. Most people won't. I, th- I think we live more in an age of... People watch mm-hmm. it on Netflix when it comes out. We'll find it somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and and so I don't know what the reasoning is for hiding it away, because I would think even the small little drop in the pond that we are, we're going to give them a couple hundred bucks to show their movie, yeah. and it's going to get the word out a little bit. And I always think when people look at the Mayfair schedule online, or they go like, like oh, I, I miss seeing Legend at the Mayfair, then it's in their brain that... They want to see it still, yeah. So it's still kind it's of publicity, like free advertising. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's it's eternally frustrating because, especially with our kids club thing, like I would love to show Black Hole, I would love to show Tron, I would love to show Pete's Dragon, etc., etc., etc. 
but we can't. <laughs> we just can't. And it's like, yeah, so like a- after we show Force Awakens tonight, some guy dressed as Kylo Ren goes up to the projector booth and just destroys the projector <laughs> with a lightsaber and it's gone. And, and and I just have to be okay with that. Yeah, and and so the next time we'll see Star Wars, we'll fingers cross. Like, so the good news now is they're going to make a Star Wars movie every year for eternity for Star and, Wars fans. And, and Star Wars did well for us, so yeah. there's not really that much of an argument against giving it to us again. Yeah, and, and so hopefully now every, you know, spring or earlier we'll get the new Star Wars film because the next Star Wars film, I think they're hitting, it's, they're, they're mad with power now because they, they've got this, this um, pattern down. Well, they release like a Pixar movie, then a Marvel movie, then a Disney movie, then a Star Wars movie, then a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Like they just can go over and over again. So I think it's a Star Wars movie every Christmas now, forever, <laughs> which I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be watching that tonight. Um, our third new film this week is the delayed film, Absolutely Anything. Which is still not a world premiere. Still not a premiere, which is amazing that nobody else wanted to pick this movie up. Um, it's, it was like February or something, wasn't it? It was yeah. a while ago. And the powers that be pulled it and are re-releasing it now, like actually re-releasing it now. April 1st is the day mm-hmm. on the poster and on the, on the trailer and everything like that. Um... Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe to get look at it glass half full. Maybe they were happy with it and wanted to get more advertising out and more interviews out and get the word out on it or something. Because it's it's got a lot of gimmicks behind it, but it's kind of a little film because mm-hmm. it's it's directed by Terry Jones, who uh, has a special place in my heart because the first movie I ever saw at the Mayfair, or one of the first movies I ever saw at the Mayfair, was Eric the Viking. Nice. And it was a double bill of Eric the Viking and and now for something completely different. Oh. And uh, so he's from Monty Python fame, of course, and he's done some other other cool things. So it's got all the Monty, all the surviving Monty Python guys mm-hmm. voicing aliens, and the late Robin Williams voicing Simon Pegg's dog. Yeah. So and then Simon <laughs> Pegg's in it. So it's got this like triple punch of kind of comedy gold behind it. Um, and then, who, and then uh, Eddie Izzard's in it as well. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those movies that, like, if we didn't have it, it wouldn't be getting a theatrical release yeah. in, in town. Which always amazes me that, like... It's odd. Yeah, like, it makes me feel good because the, 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 the caliber stuff that we get, despite there being, like in any city, multiplex is all over the place. But I think it's because the multiplex will have whatever the latest thing is on eight screens. That's true for so every show, every day. When you were at Rito, was there ever something big enough to put on three screens or two screens? Two screens, yeah. Two screens. Harry Potter. My my first shift as a manager, guys, was a midnight screening of Harry Potter. Oh my god. We had two prints for the week, so I had two prints that night, so technically I wasn't allowed to sell out. I just sort of had to keep an eye on my lineup yeah. and make the call at one right. point in time okay now I have I'm going to open the second screen because I think I have enough people to open the second screen man what it was bananas was it like, that's like dozens of children dressed as wizards and stuff yeah even though it was it's like midnight? a lineup going man. down the stairs that's a late night for kids that's like yeah. that's like a it wasn't even just kids though there was some tons of <laughs> 40 year old men yeah, yeah. yeah of course dressed as uh... uh yeah it was yeah so but I think that was the La- the first and last time that we had two prints. Yeah. 
Yeah. Never three. No. Two, I think, was the maximum. And we, when that happened... Avatar, we had Avatar for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. The Prince of Avatar was too big for us to play on two or three <laughs> screens, so it could only play on the one. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> man. Yeah, because Avatar was like, man, but a midnight show... Man, if you're a parent bringing, like, an eight-year-old to a midnight show of Harry Potter, you, you got to be in for a couple days of, <laughs> of like, aftermath from that kind yeah. of thing. Because the kid's going to be exhausted, <laughs> going to be feed, feeding him or her, like, Coke and popcorn at Just one in the morning, you know? Like, I hope your kid is relatively well-adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. can deal with something like that. Well, I remember, like, nowadays I can't... Man, the last midnight movie I did, I think, might have been, like, Phantom Menace. So quite a while ago, and now I'm just like, even even Force Awakens, I did not see it right away. I've kind of hit enough of a grumpy geek old man to be like, oh, I don't want to be up at midnight with all those people. <laughs> and I was like, I was pretty confident I could close my ears from spoilers for like a week and a half or so. So I ended up going to see it like on a Wednesday, like a week and a half later, and it was fine. It was still packed, but um, like the one of the two three times a year I see a movie not here. Um, but nowadays, yeah, I'm like, I know a lot of grown-up nerds who are like, ah, I'll wait, I'll wait a little while, um, because it's just like, yeah, just and, and if you go to a movie at midnight, you got to get there at like, earlier, Attend? nine, yeah, <laughs> sit, line sit in line for, for hours and hours. That's what keeps me away from free um, press screenings now mm-hmm. more and more. Yeah, they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, like, if it's like a movie I don't think will be... On both ends. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're... The price you're paying for a free movie is waiting, and yeah. it's like going it's like going to the airport. Yeah, yeah, and it's like if it's a movie that I don't think will be packed, you know, like if it's if it's a screening for Star Wars or or you know, an Avengers movie, it's gonna be packed. But if it's just a screening for a regular movie, I'm like, oh, that probably won't be packed because I'm just I'm not gonna get there at three in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not gonna get there. Yeah. Sit there all day. Like the last one I did that for was Phantom Menace, and it was fun. It was a day. Like it was it was. Uh, uh, we, we were like playing games on the sidewalk and, and people in costume and we had pizza delivery and just stuff like that. Like it was fun. But but yeah, now it's like, no, I'm fine. I'll just wait a little while. Uh, and if I think, well, I, I couldn't hold out for, I, I was fairly confident we were going to get Star Wars, but I was like, ah, I can't hold out. It, it would have been three months of me like punching people when they started to talk about it. Oh yeah, you can't, like, if, if you're that much of a fan, you can't wait because... Yeah. And, you know, it's only a couple of weeks before people start Yeah. But there was a talking. lot of people. A couple of my, my mom's friends came, and they hadn't seen it yet. Uh, so there were a good handful. Somebody typed onto Facebook that he hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, oh, my God, you get to experience I wish I was you to experience it for the first time in, like, a real movie theater. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Greg, I, Greg wasted his money and went to see it in a shaky seat. Oh, God, the shaky seats. And I the D-Box? Like, yeah. And he was like... I was like, are you ready to see it in a real movie theater? Yeah. So he came to see it this weekend, and he was like, actually, you know what? There's a lot of parts that I missed because I was so distracted. Because <laughs> <laughs> I fell. <laughs> what? what it, so it's just a vibrating seat? Yeah. Yeah. It, like, reacts to what's going on on screen, you know? But it, but it's pre-programmed, just like, like somebody pre-programming a lighting show at a rock concert. So it's like... I don't know, when, when, when the Falcon gets hit with a laser blast... You they feel go it in your testicles. Yeah, they they, they, they they type it in and go like that's a plus four shake. You I feel know? Like, like I've seen something like that at like Science North or something. Yeah. Where you're like on a trip through space and like you have to dodge meteorites and stuff. Like I just picture you trying to like drink a coke and you're like shaking and <laughs> oh you're like spilling it all over yourself and like 
if anyone wants, I will I will give you twenty bucks and I will sit behind you at the theater in May at the Mayfair and just kick your seat. <laughs> just kick your seat. Every once in a while, I'll just smack you in the side of the head. If it's like a boxing movie, I'll just, it'll be like virtual the, co- the coach experience. Yeah, it'll be virtual reality. Come yell in your ear. Every time Creed gets punched, I'll just slap you behind the head. And yeah. I'll come by with like a beverage cart and hit you in the knees with it. It'll be a war movie. I'll just be there with like a super soaker, just like spraying blood, spraying Whoa. fake blood all over everybody. Um, yeah, that's not what we were talking about. Absolutely anything. Um, yeah, so that's the auto premiere starting this Friday. So it, it, it's a, it's a turnover this week for us because we've had like a couple of holdovers and we had Star Wars and stuff. So this this week you have a choice of three brand new films to come see. Um, I, I like it when it's only... I, I like a cleaner schedule. Like Oh yeah, it's the Ottawa Film Society too this week, which yeah explains the, s- the shorter schedule. Yeah, so it's, <clears throat> it's... So Mel put on like the three posters and then a poster for Never Ending Story, which is coming up... Uh, yeah. Is, it, is it April yet? No. next, Still next month as we record this. Tomorrow it'll be April. But we have like six new premieres oh or something. Oh my god. Yeah. The, the amount of premiere posters I've mocked up in the past. <laughs> we, we have a premiere coming that is so new it doesn't have English advertising yet. So I, I took the poster for the Tony Jaa film and I think this works but so it's, it's, it's Hong Kong I think. Mm. It's uh SPL2. What's SPL? Which is, it's a sequel to a martial arts, really great martial arts movie called SPL. I think it means Chapeau Lang, which is like the name of a police unit. It's like a group of like elite cops. Yeah. Um, So this is like a, uh, in in name only sequel starring Tony Jaw. So none of this, it's not like, I I think it's like a loose sequel to the first one, but it's Tony Jaw and uh, I think Simon Yam, who might've been in the first one. Uh, I think the American title is Kill Zone 2. I, lo- I love that because if the Hong Kong title is like Elite Cop Force, I love it when the subtitle just doesn't even try. It just goes, Kill Zone. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a kill or zone in that title. Just give it a generic action movie title. Yeah. But but go um, to our website and look at the trailer. It's it's a fantastic trailer. Well, t- Tony Ja. God, when was his breakthrough? It was quite a while ago, like 15 like, years ago? Yeah, like 2003 or something. And I remember going to see... Ong back and going to see The Protector and it's just amazing stuff and I think then there was a he had a couple of problems with getting some films done or something. I think he went nuts and he, <laughs> yeah. he like lived in a cave for a few months which is awesome it's very ninja that's very like yeah. kung fu And but recently I think he was in Furious 7 which yeah. I didn't see I don't know how big a role he has in that but that's like his. I don't know if that that might have been his American debut Furious 7 shockingly, I don't think I'm going to offend anybody, was such, like, packed, filled with stuff. I, I couldn't, I don't know what happened. There were yeah. some cars. There were some cars. Uh, some, 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 Kurt Russell's in it. The Rock's in it. Some yelling. Some, some yelling. Music. The ghost of Paul Walker's the, in it. The, oh, <coughs> it's, just, it's, it's, so much happens in that movie, and just like, I don't know. But yeah, so he was in it. Did, who did he fight? I think he fought Vin Diesel. I think he fought Vin Diesel in it. Which, in reality, he would just, murder him a yeah. lot <laughs> what's Vin Diesel gonna do break dance him to death <laughs> yeah but I think he's also in the new inexplicably being made uh triple x film with Vin Diesel the the the, the one that there was the a, one yeah because they did one with Ice Cube in which they said he was dead yeah <laughs> and they're like so they're like you yeah. can just bring people back to life well they can say he was undercover in a 
triple X undercover. They faked his death. They faked, and yeah. And you know Tupac was a hologram. Tupac? Tupac's a hologram, yeah. <laughs> they can bring him back as a hologram. Oh, yeah, Tupac is, has released more albums dead, I think, than alive. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. You know, um, uh, Prince will release an album for 50 years after he dies. Because suppose I like Prince, I'm a big fan of Prince, and supposedly he makes an album the way a normal human writes like a laundry list or like a, a oh shopping list. So in his, he'll write a, a song in a day and he'll do all the instruments for it or he has like a house band and he'll just go, yeah, that's a song and like throw it in the vault. And then he'll do that oh again, throw it in the vault. And supposedly he has hundreds, like one of his band members said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not like B-side stuff, but like really good stuff. Just waiting. Because he releases, he still releases like an album or two a year. Yeah. But that's like 10 songs, 20 songs. And so Prince will have a Prince hologram for decades yeah. after he's yeah. gone. Uh, that's the, uh, yeah, so that's not that's going to slow him down. But that's what everyone was, <laughs> everyone was talking about. Poor Paul Walker, sad, but they were like, I guess they used his brothers in the film? As stand-ins, yeah. and then they did some CGI. It's amazing. Like, uh, they, they took, they like matted him from other scenes and put him I think they did that with John Candy and Wagons East and and Brandon and it Lee looked I horrible. think that's so yeah I think they're, they're it's on it YouTube they took they took like uh, a shot of um of John Candy from another scene and, and matted it onto another oh, scene no. and it, it yeah. just looks horrible yeah I think the crow bad idea yeah crow was really dark so I think that helped everything <laughs> yeah. was all shadowy yeah he's got the makeup and yeah. he's wearing black Man, there was a while where his sister was going to get into movies. It was like, no, no, your your dad was cursed, your brother was cursed. Just think, don't 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 do movies. They're like, you might as well just commit suicide. Yeah, it's a bad idea. <laughs> just stay. Go 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 get a normal <laughs> no, you, job. No, uh, yeah, I don't wish that on anybody. Two other movies. Well, I know what Andrew's going to talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You can you go ahead. Talk. Well, about no, we can. Uh... Um, Men and Chicken, which is an insane movie that I can't believe we got. Um, and this is a like a dark comedy, like a crazy dark comedy about from uh, Denmark. Denmark, and it's with Mads Mikkelsen. Maz, I think it's pronounced Maz. Maz Mikkelsen Who, from Hannibal. From Hannibal for for TV viewers and The Hunt. The from, Hunt. from the amazing The Hunt, which, which he which is an excellent movie. Which, you should see it. Uh, I know there's all kinds of that. horrible things in the world where people do horrible things, but then you watch this movie and you're like. Oh, man. It makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, like, every once in a while, somebody gets falsely accused, you know? Like, not lately, but every once in a while. (laughs) But, man, that was a good movie. So this is a more weird, comedic turn for him. Mm -hmm. But you watch the trailer, and you're like, what is this movie? Like, I'm glad we're getting these insane movies. But So there's that one, and then another one I'm really excited about is called Belladonna of Sadness. Which is from the 70s. It's from 1973, it's a lost anime, X-rated uh, classic. So, so the epitome of not for everyone. So be warned. Like this is not Studio Ghibli. Like this is you know, but it's this is in a late nighttime slot. I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be family matinees all weekend. Um, but it check out the trailer. It's beautiful. But um, it's been lost since 1973. Barely got a theatrical release in North America. Uh, somebody found it and restored it. Uh, restored some lost scenes. And uh, so we have that for a couple days uh, in May coming up. And I'm a fan of anime, and I wish we could screen it more. So I hope people come out and check this out, and it'll give us an excuse to kind of track down some more. Yeah. 
Yeah, and but be warned. It, it's watch the trailer. The trailer is something else. But um, and that's on May twenty fifth and twenty sixth, and Men and Chicken starts on May twentieth. Yeah, and Kill Zone Two is May fourteenth to seventeenth. And then we have uh, the return of the great filmmaker, friend of the Mayfair, friend of the Mayfair, Skype friend of the Mayfair, uh, writer director. Producer star Neil Breen. Neil Mostly Breen. just real estate agent though. Real estate agent. No, <laughs> he no, he wasn't a realtor. I don't I think he might have been for a while, but he's actually an architect. Okay. Oh man, see that's he's that's his day job. So he, he has a he has a very high paying day job, I think. Yeah, because he's a self financed independent filmmaker. And this is what, his like fourth or fifth film or something like that? Uh, it might be his fifth. But But he made Fateful Findings, which we showed a few times as a as a late Late yeah. night screening. I came to the first show because I just had a feeling. I'm like, this is going to be something. And that was... So I, I always sit up on the balcony and there was some drunk guys sitting behind me who were just being dumb. And I had to keep, keep on turning around to them and like being like, I know this is a B late night movie, but... And then he wanted... He was going to throw his shoes. And I turned around and was like... The, the way you throw spoons and, at the yeah. room. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're up in the balcony. You're going to hit someone in the back of the head. How would you like being hit with a shoe? And he just kind of went, well, I, I wouldn't like getting hit by a shoe. I'm like, well, just don't throw your shoe. And I couldn't believe him having that conversation. Oh my God. But it was a very fun night. I, I can't tell you what the movie was about, to be honest. It was... He makes films about, it's like conspiracies and uh, like spiritual stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's, he usually plays like a tech uh, master slash secret agent slash he, all his movies involve him having all these laptops in front of him yeah but none of them are turned on he's just sort of pretending to use them and and the shoe thing started and I wanted to be there because I was like much like the room in Rocky Horror I think this might be the start of some traditions and the shoe thing and people on the lower level were great because they started throwing their shoes but very lightly like just kind of down the aisle like uh, don't say that that's great. Because but don't do that. Yeah, don't throw your shoes. So it'll like, kill. It'll kill our screen. And <laughs> yeah, and then like in pass through, I don't know what the movie's about, but it could be like throwing pigs or something. Well, there's you know, like, like here on the poster, uh, there's like a little uh, synopsis. Yeah. Art- artificial intelligence from far into the future arrives to immediately cleanse, cleanses in all capitals, the human species of millions of humans who are harmful to other humans. A visionary, revolutionary film which pushes the human species to the limits of controversial, thought-provoking actions. <laughs> that, that, that's not that's not a um, critic. That's just what they wrote on their own poster. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's my favorite part about that. But there's part like there's parts in Faithful Findings where there's scenes of him as a kid, and there's some weird like magic thing going on like they find it's a it's magic... like a magic stone that yeah. keeps him connected to somebody and then we cut to present day and he's like he's an author 50 i don't know yeah he's like 50 so he has aged 40 years the girl has only aged 10 years because she shows up and i was confused for a minute and then i was like wait is that the same girl from the flashback so he casts somebody much 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 younger than he in the romantic lead part mm-hmm but there's a lot of shoes, a lot of cutaways to people walking for no reason. And that's where the shoe thing happened. 
And then there'd just be shots of like reaction shots. Like some guy gets hit by a, he gets hit by a car. Somebody gets hit by a car. And just reaction shot, reaction shot, reaction shot. Way too many. Way too many reaction shots. But as often with these, it was... Although it didn't catch on as the room did with us anyhow, it did do well enough for us to, you know, book this new film from him. Mm -hmm. And somebody was asking, oh, are you going to play the, the Fateful Findings again? I'm like, I don't think so, but I think we're going to concentrate on this. You know, mm -hmm. put, we'll, put see, your, we'll see how this one does. Put your energy... You know, yeah, put your energy behind... This one... If you like The Room, then, and, you know, Birdemic and all, all these dangerous men, then, yeah. you know, Pass Through is something you would want to come see, for sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's always... Because I, I understand... Sometimes I feel a bit uncomfortable, like, watching a movie... You, you almost feel like a bit of a bully, where you're watching a movie where you're really just laughing mm -hmm. at it, not with it. <laughs> you know? Like, like say, like... Say, like, Batman 1966. You're kind of laughing with it. But... You know, The Room, Dangerous Men, you're laughing. These are sincere Yeah, they're films. made yeah. legit. Yeah, they're not like, it's not like Spinal Tap. It's not like a, no, a, a no. fake thing. And I think you were saying, Andrew, that the um, the filmmaker's like daughter from Dangerous Men was very hesitant. Yeah, because he passed away, so she owned the film. Yeah. And uh, Alamo Drafthouse wanted to buy it. They did buy it and give it a, they gave it a theatrical release. Yeah. And at first she was very reluctant because she's like, you know, this is my father's, like, life work. I don't yeah. want people, like, making fun of it. But and apparently they were, like, very persistent. And... Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we screened The Room for the first time with, with Tommy in-house, I was really like, oh, man, like, I don't know. Like, but Tommy is, is you know, a human being like no other. So it kind of, like, mm -hmm. went over his head. He likes the we... popularity. Yeah. And then when we screened Troll 2... I don't think that it goes over his head, though. No. Because he's very controlling of how, what we publish. And, yeah. Yeah. And he has backpedaled a bit to, in more modern interviews and stuff, calling it a comedy. So he has kind of, like... That sounds like he's trying to cover up the fact that <laughs> we're all making fun of him. Yeah. Like, no, no, guys. I, I knew. meant it. Yeah. I knew. Well, yeah, the trailer's like, check out this new black comedy. Yeah. I, I can't wait till people start checking it out once. And, and you know, the, the James Franco movie is not going to be, well, never say never, but it's not going to be a giant hit. It'll be, like, most of James Franco's directorial is efforts. Is it, like, is there a studio behind it? Like, I, I, I thought maybe it was New Lion, Line or something? Lionsgate, maybe? Or yeah. somebody? So it's going to get out there. It's got an amazing cat. Brian Cranston's going to be in it. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Maybe it will, man. What if it's, like, but even, like, you look like Ed Wood had Johnny Depp and Tim Burton behind it. Well, that was it, a Disney film. And it didn't make a ton of money, like... But I think it'll, it, in the grand scheme of things, a movie doesn't have to make $300 million to mm -hmm. still garner attention for the world around it. So even just the publicity it's going to garner, there's going to be new, new eyeballs watching the room. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be... People, people going to see his movie first. The, one of the coolest double bills I ever saw was in Vancouver. And it was Ed Wood first, followed by... An Ed Wood movie. Oh, cool. And that was really neat, because you got to see kind of like the behind the scenes, the fake behind the scenes, mm -hmm. and then see Plan 9 from Outer Space and see the, the the pie plate UFOs and the horrible acting and everything. But, but uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. If Is Neil one... Breen, are we going to be Skyping with him again, or maybe? Maybe. Because we did a Skype interview with him on that first screening. I know he goes out of his way in, in our little email that we got from our programmer. It was like, He'll do interviews with the local paper. He'll do this. He'll send out press. Like, he's 
going out of his apparently way. Apparently, he's not word. sending screeners of this film out. Like, apparently, oh. if, if if you're a critic and you want to see it, we have yeah. to set up press screenings or something. Oh, I don't know shit. if we're doing that, but like, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want to do uh, screeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I guess he's doing like a Crispin Glover thing where it's like you have to come to the yeah, <laughs> you have to come. Movie. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun, no matter how the quality. It'll be a fun night. It'll be it'll be a, an experience worthy of coming to the theater. It's yes, not, uh, very highbrow. Uh, okay, I think we got to wrap things up. I have to go uh, brace myself for Force Awakens. <laughs> a second time. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so uh, go check out uh, House of Targ. You can check them out on all their various social media stuff for what, what uh, shows they have coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast, where you can download a free audiobook. And, and actually on topic this week, I will recommend Simon Pegg's book, um, his autobiography is on there mm-hmm. and uh, really good really uh, interesting kind of uh, young nerd rags to riches story mm-hmm. uh, so yeah you can listen to Simon Pegg tell you his his uh, life story he's in Star Wars oh yeah he's in Star Wars too there you that's go that's one of the he's it's, in like a furry costume or yeah something. it's all to, it's all coming together it's all about Star Wars um, yeah so yeah Audible, Targ. MayfairTheater.ca. Mayfair. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're uh, at 1074 Bank Street. Yeah, physically. If you want to come to actually <laughs> see a movie. <laughs> you actually want to come see a movie. Uh, but we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.